It's Friday night. It's 7 o'clock. It's time for the sports phone. All right, Friday night, 7 o'clock. Welcome, everybody, to the first April edition of the Sports Phone here on Friday, April 2nd. Jerry in Portland, Jim back in the studio. Jim, happy April. Happy first show of April to you. I'm raring to go. I've never been happier with the Sports Phone. We're in the middle of the pledge drive. You know, back in the day, it was 10 days of grueling interruptions. And do you remember going to school? You, we, I would drive you to school. No, I don't. In general, I just don't remember school. You don't remember driving in the car during a pledge drive? I mean, we, we would drive. I, I, yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. I, I remember it a little bit. So um, so, so anyway, um, uh, but the, it was grueling. It was 10 days of constant pitching. And yeah. this quiet drive, I'm going to give Marty, the new manager, um, credit. I, I think it came in her time. And you know, very slowly we raise money and then we give it a big push at the end. And to tell you the truth, that's when the sports phone has really shined. It has been the last four days when, when we ask you directly from the sports phone. But please get it done early. And, uh, I wouldn't, I, I'd be happy if we raised all the money and we didn't have to pitch at all. <laughs> yeah, it'd be great. Yeah. Um, Jim, I have one other like small talk question. If you wanna, if if you want, it, it's only one I can use once a year, so we can we can <laughs> use it if you want, or we can kind of continue here. Well, um, well, yesterday was April Fools, so I was obviously going to ask if you were ever part of any like major April Fools pranks that that come to mind. Oh, jeez. Or is that not radio appropriate? I no. You, if you've got one, <laughs> you say it because I. I can't remember. We had a series in, in college basketball mm. and in fraternities in college. There were lots of pranks. I can't remember them being because of April 1st. I just think we just dreamed up pranks any time of the year. Yeah, we, we had one in college where I don't remember a lot of the details of it, but it was a, it was a smaller class that I was in. And we, April Fool's happened to fall on the day of a test one time. Yeah, and we all decided to show up twenty minutes late for class to like spook the teacher because there were only like ten of us to begin with. <laughs> uh, we thought that was kind of funny, but you know, it, it was what it was. That it's 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 sometimes I get a good answer when I ask people that sports question. Sports phone, everybody to the sports, sports phone, please. Welcome everybody to the sports phone. Um, if you're new to the show, for the next fifty-five minutes or so, Jim and I are here to talk about sports. Uh, we don't really care what it is as long as it has to do with sports in some way, shape, or form. Jim and I want to talk about it, and we want you, the listeners, to drive the subjects, you know, drive the show, lead us in whatever crazy direction you want to go in. We want you to pick the topics. We're going to lend our hand and lend our opinion if you so desire, but for the most part, we want you, the listeners, just to call and talk about sports and have a good time until the top of the hour. The number to call to do that is 707-895-2448. So give us a call if you want to talk about sports at whatever level, wherever it is in the world. Give us a ring if you want to talk about sports, 707-895-2448. I think the last couple of weeks, Chair, we... If we get anything, we proved our point. We're willing to talk about any sports. Oh, yeah. It was just two weeks ago that we went 45 minutes talking about playground sports, tetherball, foursquare, stickball. You know, that, that, that proved my theory that we could talk about any sport. When we pulled that off, touch football in the street, I mean, oh, that, 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 um, that was 
a, a good one for me. How about just a, uh, how about I get started and then I'll let you introduce uh, this day maybe. Yeah, but go for it. I, I just want to invite some people about, uh, I, I've got last week on the sports phone is one of my new topics just to mention at the beginning of every show. And last week, Jerry put himself out on a ledge and as far as I can tell, he got pushed off the ledge. Um, he uh, Basically, he made the claim this is when Oral Roberts was still in the NCAA. He made the claim that a Cinderella team, a team that didn't belong there, a lot of times ended in a very boring way. They'd beat a really good team, and then the next game they would just get hammered like they should have in the first game. But Oral Roberts hung on. Even in their third game, they were two points away from being the first number 15 seed to ever win three games. So did did you put your foot in your mouth, Jerry? Oh, no? yeah. I, and, and I knew halfway through that conversation I was in a hole that I wasn't going to be able to dig out of, but I decided just to commit to it at that point. Is that because yeah, they, they played? They played great. It was really fun. Uh, props to them for giving Arkansas a run. And uh, but it, it's funny how in the end, you know, most of the best teams make it to the Final Four. But uh, yeah, no props to them. I I, uh, I stand corrected. They didn't get blown out. They put up a fight until the end. So so I, I give all the credit to Oral Roberts. So we should let, let's come back to that and get right back to to this day. Yeah, let's do it. Um, I'll go first. I, you know why I want to go first? I never, be, because of you putting your foot in your mouth, I never even got to mine last week. Yeah. This day in sports, which is April 2nd, 1931, Jackie Mitchell being a 17-year-old girl. I'm going to repeat that. Jackie Mitchell is a 17-year-old girl. He She struck out in 1931 Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig in some exhibition game. Now, <laughs> I could not find what that was all about. I don't know if Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig batted left-handed or with their eyes closed, or if, if, if a 17-year-old girl in 1931 was ready to pitch Major League Baseball. Did you right. do any research? I didn't, no. <laughs> and and, it's, and I, I, I just didn't have time, but that's one of those ones where I need more context for it for the same <laughs> reasons that you said. Like, how seriously were they taking this was it on a regulation field? How fast was she throwing? What happened to her afterwards? Like, I could obviously do some digging about this and find out, but it, it was one of those ones where I, it's just it, it, the the lead into it is just so good, right? Because of the how it's described, and I, I wish I had done a little bit more research about it, um, but I, I did not get around to it just yet. Seven zero seven. Eight nine five two four four eight. If you know anything about Jackie Mitchell striking out Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig, give us a call. Give us a call for any other reason. Seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. Jerry, this day in sports for you. Yeah. So I have a little bit more of a recent one. Nineteen eighty, uh, and this is a name for me that is on the periphery of my sports knowledge, <laughs> but. Everyone that I talk to that knows the sport of hockey always immediately makes the Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan comparison. Oh, yeah. Just in terms of how dominant and important he was for his for the sport of hockey. Right. So in 1980, which was his first season, full season in in the NHL, Wayne Gretzky uh, became the youngest player ever to or the youngest player to reach 50 goals uh, at the age of 19 years and two months. And so, again, like I like I said, I've not. I haven't watched a lot of Wayne Gretzky. I don't. I still don't fully understand why hockey players are good in a lot of ways. <laughs> but 
but I, I do acknowledge that people hold him in the same respect that myself and basketball players hold Michael Jordan in terms of dominance and impact on their sport. You know what jumped out at me with that, Jerry? I never even thought about it until right now. All the controversy in the NBA with 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 uh you know first you had to play so many years of high school then you had to be 19 year I mean college then you had to be 19 then they changed that rule and you didn't have to go to college whatever but you had to be 19 what are the rules um what are the rules in hockey I I never even thought about it can a can a 12 year old play pro hockey I don't know off the top of my head what the age rules are in hockey. I imagine there is one, but I, I, I don't know it. Um, I bet it isn't as silly as you have to go to college first. Uh, I, I believe, well, hockey, I think, has a minor league as well. Um, let's huh. see, what do we have here? Under under NHL rules, an 18 or 19-year-old prospect may dress during uh, may dress up to, in up to nine NHL games. Uh, at age nine, 18 or 19 before it triggers the entry-level contract. So it sounds like you can suit up for a hockey game at ages 18 or 19. Huh. You can't sign a contract till 19, it sounds like. It's, yeah, something, something like, like that. that. Again, that's that's yeah. a very quick quick glance at this. Um, but uh, yeah, like I said, Wayne Gretzky, a guy that I have a lot of... Uh, a lot of people who are big hockey fans that, that know that name and That's have a lot of respect for it. So one reason that might there. be a little vague to you, besides it's hockey, Jer, is, is uh, that was 11 years before you were born. Yeah, it was a, it was a long time ago. <laughs> um, 707-895-2448. I do want to remind um, callers that one of my favorite um, games on this show is Stump the Hosts. So if... Um, Jerry and I are trying to put together. I, I'm more excited about it than Jerry, but we may come up with a stump the callers once a once a month. But we haven't quite figured out a format. But if you got a question, you you want to give us some clues and try to stump the hosts. Um, that's been fun on this show, so I, I do want to encourage that. All you have to do is call eight nine five two four four eight and ask a good question. There's a big rule though, as in all trivia games, if you call and ask a question, you better know the answer. <laughs> That's a we rule. can't have anyone. Yes, they, we cannot have anyone calling that does not know the answer to their own question. All right, where do we go from here? All right. Well, you always have uh, like the topic uh, on this day in sports, meaning today in sports. It's Sorry, today that, that we, we sports. do it just on this day in sports. So we like to do today. If there's any headlines worth mentioning, there's one worth mentioning. I think there's a conversation to have around it for a little bit. I, I think it's one of those things that I, I don't know if there's really a, a, a two sides to the discussion type thing. Um, but today, uh, Major League Baseball announced that uh, they would be moving the 2021 All-Star Game out of Atlanta um, in response to the new laws that are being passed in Georgia around voting access and voting rights. Uh, the statement from Major League Baseball more or less said uh, they're announcing a new city shortly. Um and that in conversations with the Players Association, they decide they decided that the best way to demonstrate values is to relocate the game outside of Georgia. Um, so, so is it given, you know, we try not to dive into politics on this show, but is it a given that that a better name for what they've done is voter suppression? They like to call it voting rights, but the, sure, voter, the people voter that are against if, it, if you want to. If, yeah, the people that are against it are calling it voter suppression, and that's why they're moving it. Yeah, 
And, and um, so I, I just wondered what, um, who made this decision again? The, the, the Major League Baseball makes the decision in association with the players, with the players' association, like in in pairing with the players' association. Yeah, yeah, and um, I mean, I also heard that that the two big airlines that that work out of Atlanta, Delta and American, or something, they're 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 uh, they're not liking it either. So. Right. And it's, it's one of those things where I get it. I, I understand why Major League Baseball is doing it for the same reasons. Like, I understand why the NBA did what they did during their season. But kind of the other part of it that I think does get lost on this a little bit is there's some statements from the Atlanta Braves uh, where, like, where the All-Star game was going to be played. They were going to play at the Braves Stadium. And the Braves are disappointed. They're disappointed for the city of Atlanta. Like, you know, that they're not going to get to host the game. And I think that's the part of, of these types of stories that is always a little weird to me. It's like, okay, I understand it. You're making a political message at a larger level, but it does kind of suck for the Braves <laughs> and for, like, the people in Atlanta. They're like, oh, sweet, we get to watch the All-Star game because they didn't do anything wrong. The, the Major League Baseball is making a decision based on choices made by a state senate and a state government that has nothing to do with the atlanta braves or nothing to do with to a certain extent the people of atlanta and like fans of baseball so i i do feel for them and like i understand where the braves are coming from when they say like this wasn't our decision we're disappointed by the outcome we didn't have anything to do with this like it, it's a shame we still wanted to host the game so i i think that yes it's it's a good I think it's overall a good thing that Major League Baseball's taking a stand, making this message. But I think you at least have to acknowledge that it's kind of a bummer. It's just it's the Braves and the fans of baseball in it, in the Atlanta area kind of end up on the short end of the stick here. Yeah, the accountability and who's responsible and did the Atlanta people vote in the you know vote in the the uh, politicians that made the decision that you you might be put you know might, might be a let's drop it right there that that's a good ranch here it's it's there's a lot of ways to take it and and uh, I feel sorry for the people that love baseball in Atlanta too but um, I I don't know being a kid from the '60s and '70s uh, someone's got to take a stand so got a call hello you're on hello you're on the sports phone. Well, it's just bigger than baseball, you guys. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> and that's just all there is to it. It's like, it's like we all had to, you know, buckle up and stay home and go through all this other stuff. And it's probably what led to what was very likely the most recountable election in history. Recounted, yeah. <laughs> it could be recount, recounted, and recountable because. Everyone went went absentee, so it was all on paper, gentlemen. It was all on paper, and anything could be recounted. And so they played that game, and they recounted, 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 and came back up. And it's just like gotta gotta you know suck up. And so it's gonna mess with their economy, but like it's just part of growing in a democracy or yeah, uh, something sure. that rep- represents itself to be somewhat a democratic government. There's, it's 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 hard, it's hard. There's always somebody that loses on some level when change is made, but it's part of the growing process, and everybody will be better off for it. Oh yeah, I, I agree too. I I one hundred percent agree. Yeah, they, just that overall, right. this is a very good thing. 
But I, but I just needed to acknowledge the Braves didn't do anything wrong here, right? Like, I, I just Absolutely. think that's the part that is worth acknowledging. But they have right. to. I, I agree with. I, I agree with with uh, Burton. We're on the same page here. Yeah, and, and um, but it had to be done, and and big things have to be done, and um, I think you got to give people like LeBron credit for saying, "I am, I am going to buy a school for this town, and we are going to focus on this," and. And I am going to protest and not play tonight. I think sports are that big. I think that's why there's such thing as the sports phone I, here. I, I, and it, I, I feel I feel like like, and it's not just sports, but it's celebrity of all type. If you have a microphone and you see something wrong that that moves you, that you don't just go to work and do your job, but you you. You do the good work too, which isn't part of what you're getting paid for, and you do that job too because you have the ability to be heard by a larger audience than maybe even wants to hear it, and probably is the case. And so, what do they do? They burn your record albums, they burn your books, they burn your posters. They stop buying, going to your concerts. Oh well, it's just part of being who you're supposed to be in society when you are of consciousness. Yeah, and and I think for a little more context here, uh, the mayor of Atlanta came out and basically said the same thing that the Braves said. She she came out and said essentially, it's unfortunate, it's going to suck economically, but it's it's the first of dominoes that are going to fall there for a better cause. That's more or less what yeah. she said. So so, so it it's yeah, so cool. it, it, good, right. good on baseball. I think it's it's good on them. They followed in the footsteps of how the NBA has handled this stuff. It's it's good. It's a good story. Hey, hey Burton, and, I want to say, and, and, and on wanna... the heels of the pandemic, I mean, it's just sure. like, yep. is there going to be a recovery, an economic recovery? Well, there's going to be something. <laughs> hey, know? Burton, I want to say something. You called like at uh, six, uh, seven fifty. Whenever you call, we get lots of calls, and the phone just started ringing again. <laughs> well. Well, you know, you can't blame it all on me. It's your show. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Burton. Oh, just lost him. 707-895-2448. Lines are open. Burton's, Burton has a slant on everything we say, Jer, and it and it's good for the sports phone. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It, no, it's important. 707-895-2448. Give us a ring if you want to talk about sports. Um, again, I don't think there's much else to discuss with that story. I just thought it was worth acknowledging. It just happened. Uh, yeah, that, I, I don't know. I don't know if you had anything else on it, Jim. If not, we can we can absolutely move on. Um, you're on the. We got we got a call. Hello, you're on the so. sports phone. Hi, I'm Tim from Moscow, Idaho, and Moscow. I was listening to the sports phone this evening. And I'm a sports fan, but I I really don't much care to talk about sports, except the business of sport. And you folks stumbled across it this evening with the um, ML decision to kind of move out of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And that's the business of sport. Oh, yeah. uh, I don't, I don't think the owners really um, are running their uh, ball teams to, Oh, I don't know, be a social um, mover and shaker. They just want to make money. And um, if the folks who attend their games um, don't want to support uh, what they perceive as a racist enterprise, they won't show up. White folks, black folks, any kind of folks. Yep. So 
Um, that's the business of sport. And I find that always fascinating to chat about. And I could segue into the NFL that always has to be talked about. You don't, you can't spend a, a day without the NFL wanting to be talked about. Anyway, I'll leave it there and let you guys go on. Those are I, some, those are some open comments. I love those on the sports phone. I, yeah. I think that for me, when you get into the business of sports, I'm one of the, I love it, but I, it very quickly gets over my head. If you get too much into like the money side of it, I could talk like the theoreticals of the business of sports all the time, which, which I love. But if we get into like the nitty gritty of money, that's when I struggle. Jim, can I make one kind of, if we have a moment, one little funny anecdote uh, based on what that caller had mentioned about how the NFL always wants to find their way into yeah. the, the news. Go ahead. I have one thing to say to that caller too. Go ahead. Yeah. So, so real quick, I just, I wanted to tell the story. So I, I'm a big fan of a couple of radio shows, uh, up here that I listen to on a weekly basis. And a couple weeks ago, I was like, all right, NBA's in full swing. NCAA tournament's about to start. The NFL draft isn't for another month or so. I don't have to worry about listening to any NFL stuff. <laughs> what do they open their show with? Pro free agency starts next week. Who are the, who are the Seahawks going to sign? It's like, no, this free agency hasn't even started yet. And I immediately turned the radio off in frustration. I just wanted to get that out there because the NFL, as that caller said, is always around. Go ahead, Jim. You know, and and I'm you can't make an argue against that that caller. And and by the way, all callers, um, this is a good time to say this, Jared, it's about halfway through the show or a little before that, but we encourage double dipping. If if you call, you finish, we say something, you want to comment again, we encourage it. We we don't screen calls. Um, double dipping and triple dipping is allowed. Call back. But I want to tell say that caller, I do agree with you that a lot of the decisions are made for business in the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball. But where where do we all stand on Little League and um, Minor League and T-Ball? And those aren't all about money. I mean, that's a non-profit, though, isn't it? Isn't that, like, by default different? Because isn't Little League a not a for-profit business? Yes, but my, my point is, if you're against sports because of the money are you also against little kids playing sports or, or is is that make all sports bad you know that or, or do you do you like sports but you don't like pro sports you know and i, I don't know I, ju I just think there's so many good things about sports and there's so many good examples that um the across the board i don't like sports because of the money in sports hello call you're on the sports phone you got Tim from Idaho back on the line for just a second. Oh, good. Um, I, I wanted to clarify. I'm I'm a sports fan. Uh, I love baseball, um, but just talking about sports, I find that to be kind of, I don't know. Um, I don't want to be too deprecating, but um, talking about sports is is just not my cup of tea. But talking about the business of sports is endlessly fascinating. Oh, I see. And let's we will we will go back to your comment about. Um, Little League. Um, I had a son who was a big Little League player, and it was a great thing. However, I found that once the, when you got to the, um, the coaches who tended to be, oh, maybe college players or guys who made the minor leagues and wanted to make the major leagues, there was a, a kind of a, a push that's where you might be going, if particularly if you were a decent 
little ball player. The the mm-hmm. idea was you would head towards the professionals. Mm-hmm. So even at the little league level, um, professional sports is kind of being bandied about, and of course, uh, kids pick up on it. Mm-hmm. Well, so, and, and especially like to to go off of that, when you get to the little league world series. Oh, they do, they're cl- constantly doing the oh these are the future stars of baseball. Here's all the, here are these twenty guys that played in the Little League World Series that are now in the majors. Like they, they make that connection all the time, especially at the high levels of the Little League World Series. Like they're constantly talking about these are the next great athletes, like the great baseball players. When maybe two of them are going to get to the majors. Yeah, ultimately. that that's too bad. Um, what they yeah. are are they're really great Little League players. Exactly. They yeah. should be in the. Um, uh, Hall of Fame for Little League ball teams. Um, and uh, those are really great in and of themselves, but the players, many of the players, obviously, never make it to the majors. So you have to make that, that mental disi- uh, distinction between the major uh, league players and the Little League players. Um, yep. And they're in their both ways that they are really comparable. I mean, for nine year olds, these are the world's best. And yeah. up here at age 24, 25, those are the world's best. Well put. But they're, they're, they're still the best. Thanks. Tim from Moscow? Hey, Moscow, Idaho. Oh, and I, I want to plug, I am a member of KZYX and Z. Nice. Wow. Um, and uh, so. Are you, uh, calling you from, from, are you calling from Idaho? That's where you're from. Are you used no, to I'm from? calling. From, I, I live in Idaho. That's where I'm calling from. Oh. Let me take and, another call. Uh, you made my day. All right, there you go. See ya. Carry on. Hello, Cole. You're on the air. Okay, yeah, I wanted to chime in on the business because I think it does stretch all the way down into Little League and T-Ball because, um, you know, they got to go by the bat and the ball and the glove. And when you go and buy that stuff, you want to buy the one that the pros got. Uh, You want to buy the glove the pros got. Now, can the parents afford that bat? Or the ball, or that glove. I mean, these items are actually not not cheap, especially if you want to buy top-of-the-line ones. So does that afford already right there some discriminatory things going on, such as we began the conversation in Georgia talking about? Yeah. So oh, what's the bigger question? Should a player be able to endorse anything so when the little league player buys his glove or shoe or whatever they're making money they're making money so yeah. the business of sports i think does stretch all right as far as in my opinion all the way down into t-ball huh. but um we'll leave that to chew on for maybe another caller thanks thank you so i just to provide context jim because i think it's always important with stuff like this since we're down this rabbit hole oh, a little we're bit we're, we're um, deep into it official little league policy just to kind of get into this for a second um because the, the way the caller kind of phrased that the league is required to provide uniform which includes jersey t-shirt pants and hat and six helmets to every team so there's a baseline level of gear that is provided now obviously that 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 doesn't include a lot of things that the caller said in terms of bats, balls, and all those types of things. But there is a baseline level that Little League is required to provide. And then it also is common, it's not required, but it is common for the league to provide teams with approved gear like bats, balls, catcher's gear, stuff like that. It's very. But again, that part isn't required. The safety rules are, are, are really strict. Right. 
Moscow, Moscow, Idaho. I just want to, you know, I didn't want to blow that, let that blow past here. That was a caller from Idaho, from Moscow, Idaho, uh -huh. who is pitching that they are a member of KZUX. We're in the middle of a pledge drive. That means that caller, Tim, from Moscow, Idaho, is a member. He's donated to KZUX. Please, people from Mendo, Ukiah, send in some money. <laughs> we don't want to get beat. We don't got to want to get outdone today by uh, Moscow, Idaho. <laughs> um, uh, 707-895-2448 Give us a ring if you want to talk about sports Whatever is on your mind Give us a ring Jim and I want to talk about it As long as it has to do with the world of sports I can't let this drop though Before, before I move on I want, I want you to move on to another one A little more current than politics And, and um, well it can't be much more current Than today's All-Star game But What is bad about Little League Is, is there anything that's it, I, I think that caller or the, the last caller may have said the biggest complaint about Little League. How about this one? The biggest complaint about Little League, I think, was just quoted by that guy. And that is the adults that try to coach Little League make it, if anything, is bad in Little League. Because how can you call 10 and 12-year-olds, how can anything be bad about them out there playing baseball? But, so the adults and the parents that watch have always been the biggest complaint. So here's here's something I've always been really curious about with Little League. And and it's impossible to talk about this other for me other than like at a at a high level. So I'm going to again talk about the World Series. Okay. Do do you think parents and coaches have to sign some sort of conduct agreement for when you're on TV during the Little League World Series? They yeah. have to, right? And the reason I say that is there is never a coach or a parent that is shown in the Little League World Series that is not overly supportive. Never like Jim, you're a coach. I'm a coach. We've ripped into our players before. And we, in yeah. Little League, my Little League coach, that when it wasn't you, it ripped into us sometimes. Oh yeah. And it was, but but you're. I just I don't believe for a second that <laughs> there's never been a coach in the Little League World Series that hasn't had that attitude. And so I've always had it in the back of my head. They're forced to sign some sort of agreement, and and that I, I'll goes take that a step further. Wait a minute here. A I, I, I know I interrupted Jared, but you're saying no, it fine. on the coach's level. I'm saying it. I'll bet you the parents the interview have that agreement That's too. That's what I said. I said Do because you think parents and coaches <laughs> yeah. have to sign some sort of conduct agreement. Something because I can't imagine all these years we watched the lead World Series together that there wouldn't have been some parent. With the most common complaint about Little League from parents is, my kid only got up to bat once. He only got up to, he never plays. He always plays right field. Or, or freaking out at the umpire, uh, right? Like, yeah, like, it's I just, know. that never happens on yeah. TV at the Little League World yeah, Series. I and I don't buy for a second that <laughs> everyone that gets to the Little League World Series is a good influence. Yeah, and, and, and you got, and, and that is the most common complaints about Little League. You bring up Little League in any town, and they're going to talk about that one coach that puts his kid in all the time, and all, you know, it's, 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 um, oh, that, that's a good, uh, observation, Jer. All right, let's, uh, I think 707 895 Let's hear somebody bring up something about sports. Uh, how about, I think we should mention, there's a couple things we wanted to mention about the NCAA. Let's start with just sure. Let's start with just who's who's in the final four, which starts tonight for the tomorrow. women. The men start tomorrow. Oh, for the women, got it. Sorry. Yep. And 
the men's smart tomorrow, the women end on Sunday, the men's end on Monday as as usual. Let's quickly summarize where we're at, who's in what seed, what what's going on right now, Jer. Sure. So on the women's side, it's it's it was I mean, it, it, from what I know, it's rather it's been a somewhat predictable just in that one of the final fours was Stanford and South Carolina, which are two of the best women's programs every year. Uh, Stanford won a good game earlier today. So they're in the finals, the, the underdog quote unquote in this whole tournament that's in the final four is the are the Arizona Wildcats who are a number three seed. And they're up 10 right now in the third quarter against Connecticut, who is arguably the most successful program in women's college basketball history. You, you, so on, on you, that alone, that's I'm UConn? rooting for U- UConn is Connecticut. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. So on, on that alone, I'm rooting for Arizona just because they're kind of the odd team out here where they're not the traditional team that you would see in the finals of a women's tournament. They're not one of these three teams. They're not like a Mississippi state or I think uh, Oregon's another one that's in there pretty regularly. So I, I just that's a new name for me in the little I follow women's college basketball. So they're up nine at the moment. I hope they can hold on and, and pull it out. Okay, what's the other game? It hasn't been on yet? No, I just I said it. Stanford beat South oh, Carolina. Oh, right, 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 right. Okay. Yeah. And So it should be good. I'll, I'll, take a, I'll watch it. If it's on on Sunday, I'll, I'll take a look at it. I'll definitely keep an eye on it. What about um, uh, the men's? So – the men's tournament has been fun to watch. Um, I Baylor's playing Houston in one fi- in one Final Four game, and that's a battle of a couple Texas schools, a couple really good teams too. Uh, Houston is really good defensively. Baylor's a really good team where's defensively Baylor and from? offensively. Where's, I, sorry, Baylor, were you going to say something? Where's Baylor from? Uh, they are from. Oh, I want to say Waco, but I don't think that's right. Uh, Yes, they are in Waco. Waco, Texas. Wow. Yeah, Waco, Texas. They put their name on the map once. Yeah. Um, So the other Final Four game is probably the the more interesting of the two because it's it's Gonzaga versus UCLA uh, for a couple different reasons. UCLA is a big name in college basketball, like, you know, historically, but they're an 11 seed. They were one of the play-in games, and they've made it all the way to the Final Four. And now they're playing against the team that everyone thinks is miles and miles better than everybody else, which is Gonzaga, who's undefeated. They haven't had a close game all year. They've won their really? they've won their NCAA tournament games by 23, 16, 18, and 19. So they, they haven't had a close game all year. I, I guess my thing with the Final Four, Jim, and then I'll let you kind of say whatever you want for this one, for the men is... I if 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 you go with the the house money that Gonzaga's just miles better than everybody else and they're going to win the tournament. I just want them in one close game. I don't care if it's against UCLA or in the championship game. I just want one game to be interesting with them. Um if they're going to just win the tournament, which uh, which it seems like they're going to. Are they but more favored in the men's than UConn is in the women's? This this year, yeah. 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 I I have a theory. So it's just I just want them to have a good game. Yeah, a close game. Here's an interesting perspective I have on why UCLA was doing what UConn is. Follow this if you can. Um, UCLA did back in the 60s and 70s what what UConn is doing. You get UCLA men. What UConn women are doing now, which is dominating the playoffs year after year after year. I have a theory. Back then, NCAA Final Four 
was just coming on its own. Or the March Madness was, NCAA was pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. Every good basketball player in the country wanted to go to UCLA. And they got all the best players. So you just wanted to, if you were one of the best top 10 players, you went to UCLA because you were going to win a championship. Then there was so many good players that UCLA couldn't take them all. So they started going other places. And now there's no team that wins every year like UCLA used to and like UConn women are doing now. And so, we are in the same place with women's final March Madness as we were in the 60s and 70s with the men. All the best players want, want to go to UConn and they're going to they're going to spill over eventually in the next 10 years there's going to be no dominant team in the women's either that- so you're you're you've been making this sto- like argument and story for some time it's starting to lose its accuracy i don't know how and I, I, that's why i was waiting for you to finish connecticut has not been in a championship game in the last 4 years they have not been in a championship game since 2016 but what about so, what so, about before that so, this could so be your, so you, you're point is starting to come to fruition where the women's basketball is getting a little bit more uh dispersed in terms of the the top teams it's not just connecticut every year anymore yeah so that's my point is right but but you you were saying it in the present that's all i was saying where it's like connecticut is still dominating it's not as much as it used to be I don't follow women's that much, but right, but exactly. what, what I'm saying is, four or five years ago, they were they were yes, four yeah. or five years ago, they absolutely. So were. my theory might be happening just the way it did with UCLA. It's, it's possible. What I, it's what I just said. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, yep. So Syracuse is out. Syracuse is out. They've been out for two rounds, I think. Now. <laughs> I've. Yeah, they've been out. They've been out since the since the sweet. So this is a joke. Um, remember the our our uh, my my friend from college. I'll call him uh, Hal Cohen that called in last week. Um, he called in four times last week. Uh, he says I still have Syracuse going all the way. So he's just joking, I guess. I I imagine he's joking at this point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like like I said, I I think the the Baylor Houston game is going to be great because those are two really good teams. Uh, I don't think Gonzaga UCLA is going to be close. I have there's just no reason to think it will be. I, I don't think so. How either. good Gonzaga is compared to everyone else they've played. Um, I just want them to have one close game, and I, I hope Houston or Baylor can give it to them. I think they can, but I don't. I don't think Gonzaga is going to have much trouble because they're just they're just so good this year. It's it's out of control. Seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. Give us a ring if you want to talk about sports. About twenty minutes or so left on the sports phone here. So give us a ring. If you've got anything you want to talk about, 707-895-2448. Give us a ring here on the sports phone. Seeing we're uh, slow with calls, should we introduce uh, that, whatever you call the link you sent me today, Jer? Well, here's the segue into it, if if you want, Jim, because I think we can have a little bit of fun time with this. So Gonzaga is currently, if you date back to last season, on a 34 game winning streak. Wow. So here here's what I would ask you, Jim, to kind of segue into this conversation. What do you find more interesting to keep track of? A winning streak or a losing streak? I will let this caller, maybe he heard that question. Call you on the air. Do you like winning streaks or losing streaks? Well, I, I guess I gotta go with winning streaks. I, I actually missed the question when I called I turned off my radio. Go ahead. What do you got for us? 
Um, I was going to throw a little change of subject and just, I wanted to give a big shout out to MCSA, the Mendocino County Soccer Association. Mendocino um, I signed my daughter up to play soccer and am just over the moon with hearing their webinar to orient towards it and uh, what their philosophy is and how they have their system set up. And I just think it's amazing. I think any parents interested in, in soccer should be uh, checking them out. So what's the go ahead caller, John, one go more ahead. time? Just I just want to double check. I got the 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 abbreviation right. The Mendocino County Soccer's MCSA. MCSA, yeah, MCSA. Okay. They seem like they have a great group of coaches together. They um, they have kind of a tiered system where the the grassroots spring training, which is uh, just about to start here, out on the coast. I'm in Fort Bragg. I uh, is just all about fun and teaching kids to love the game. And then they have kind of an intermediate level, it sounds like. And then there's like an invitational competitive league that they, they run as well. Um, they limit the size of the, the, the team swing so they can emphasize time on the ball. They don't do throw-ins. They do kick-ins to, you know, really get foot, foot time on the ball. Um, they're talking about their philosophy and making sure that, just every little detail seems covered, you know, encouraging the parents to use adjectives, not verbs on the sideline. Huh. Uh, it's just, a, it seems like a really outstanding organization, and I'm really impressed. And I haven't even gone yet. That starts Monday. But they seem outstanding with what they've put together. Yeah, it, one of the things, I, I'm just doing a little bit of research about them, just reading through their site. Um, and one of the things that I really appreciate, and Caller, you mentioned this a little bit, is that when you have these programs that build up the level of like play in terms of there's so many different entry points is what I guess I'm saying where the equivalent I can make is I played in an AAU program when I was young where we had there was a third through seventh grade teams that, that, that were all part of under the same kind of umbrella and it's really cool to have that experience because there are players that are a lot better than you, but you're you're hanging out with them. You're around those teams. You get to all, it's like one big family, but they do a really good job giving you those entry points, no matter what your level is. And that's one thing I really appreciate about it, this type of program. Just doing a quick read of it, like these these guys have their stuff together, and, and they're doing a really good job, like giving people entry points and introducing them to the sport. I I like I like yeah. what our caller said is they actually teach the parents too. Yeah, just, um, you know, I, I signed up to try to be a volunteer parent, and they have, uh, I haven't had a chance, I'm kind of late on it, to go through it, but they provide all kinds of information and coaching material and provide opportunities to come out and meet the coaches and um, give them instructions. The biggest one that hit me was use adjectives, not verbs. Yeah, on the side. You know, Don't tell them shoot it. Don't tell them pass it be encouraging and you know good job great shot that kind of thing yeah it's 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 a great idea um you want to it's, a... it's also funny jim just to give you a little bit give you more context like these coaches know what they're talking about when you just look at i'm just looking at the list here all national champions in college uh mls players are involved in this program d1 soccer players like there's a lot of people in this program that have been around soccer for a long time at a lot of different levels did we have one of the pr people for this academy on our show as a guest once maybe it, it it rings a bell but but i don't i can't put my finger on it caller it's based out of ukiah right yes 
Yeah, I, I think, and it's not the it's not Mendocino County Rec Association. No, no, it's, it's a soccer team, and they're the Eagles. Is their team name right? We had the I don't know if it was a developer or one of the board of directors, but I was so impressed. We had them on. I don't remember them being as clear as you are about some of the the way they were going to. Um, sell their program so th this program does have an upper level for the kids that that want to pay highly competitive bay area soccer are they taking all-star teams the whole thing um they they put together a competitive traveling club team and they, they play santa rosa um one of my friends uh had a child that played on it for a while uh it's a few years old and my daughter's eight and um oh. his child's about 14 and they they play up through i think about 14 or 15 years old um i played ayso growing up and it this is such a, a different setup and it's just it really it's got me uh quite happy and quite excited about what they're doing oh, yeah, so so jim for you uh to answer your question about the, the traveling and the select team a little bit uh in 2019 their under 12 girls program uh, made it to the semifinals of the Surf Cup in San Diego, which was uh, some of the best teams from Orange County, L.A., and Arizona. Um, and the under-13 boys that same year uh, won the Smash Cup up in Redding, which was uh, a bunch of uh, kind of the Northern California sure. teams, and I believe some Southern Oregon teams as well. Huh. And and th th this, they have different sessions, different time of the year, Caller, and, and this, this is just starting up for... The, uh, the yeah, the, what my child's doing is the the basic kind of entry level introduction to soccer. They call it their grassroots academy. It runs oh, from right. six weeks from the April fifth through May twenty second, huh. um, and it's just uh, they said their emphasis is teaching the children to just love the game and get used to it, um, emphasizing creativity and, and that kind of stuff. It, it's it just sounds so good. And before I let you guys go, I'm going to hang up here. As, as I was going to say, the other thing on soccer is I think uh, it may not be this next World Cup, but I think the following World Cup, we have so many young players playing at really high levels right now with deaths on Barcelona. And um, uh, Pulisic that's played in Germany is now on Chelsea. And DeAndre Yedlin that played with us last time is still playing uh, at the Sikhs in Turkey. And they're spread out, but uh, I think uh, a couple World Cups from now, we might actually have a, a legitimate, uh, maybe not powerhouse, but a, a legitimate contender kind of team. Uh, Caller, I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I am a, a soccer fan. Maybe not as much as you, I don't think, but I am a, I follow USA soccer. I, I refuse to get excited about the USA men's program anymore. I won't do it. I, 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 and, I you. and just I your you. chuckle, you know where I'm coming from. Exactly. Yeah. Nice. All right. I got to get back on the road, but I think you Thank you, you so much. Call, and I hope you guys have a great night. Thank, Thank you. you. Jim, I, I want just to, because now I have to, I want that caller to be right so bad that oh, the I US know. is going to have a good men's soccer team. But at this point, Let's just qualify for the World Cup first. Like, we didn't even qualify for the last World Cup. Like, one step at a time here. And it's just unfortunate because I want them to be good as much as, any, as much as he does, but I'm not nearly as optimistic as him. Do you know there was a similar program for, I think it lasted 10 to 12 years on the coast. Yeah. An alternative to, I think it was called Coast Youth Soccer. Mendocino yeah. Coast Youth Soccer, M-C-Y-S. 
there was an alternative to that. It start. It might have changed its name, but it started in Compshi. With I can't remember the gentleman's name that started it, but um, it was called One Love Soccer. Yep. Remember that? That that started during your time in Mendo, right? It was right around the time I left that and, it started. And they put together some Fort Bragg, Laytonville, Point Arena, uh -huh. Anderson Valley-based travel teams that made it very competitive at the state level as well. Yeah. And uh, that program ended. It's 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 um, they have travel teams, but it's part of uh, Coast Youth Soccer. And so I, soccer in general in in Mendocino County, I I think I has always had a, a strong presence in, yeah. in different ways. Yeah, and it's something that I I remember. I think it was Jim two or three years ago. We had uh, I think it was the head coach of the Fort Bragg boys team on. Um, when oh, they yeah. were making a run in the playoffs, and they happened to be doing it the same year Fort Bragg football was really good. Yeah. And I asked him a question. I was like, does nobody talk about the soccer team sometimes? And he, and he was honest, and he said, yeah, we fly under the radar a little bit when because of how successful Fort Bragg football is. And I feel like that's soccer in Mendocino County even at some level. It's really high-level soccer oh, all yeah. over the county. And it, you hear about it at the youth level. You don't hear about it at the high school level that, that often. You're, you're right. Well, and the other thing, and we've had this, I think we talked about a little bit too, when you live, you worked around this for so long, you don't hear about it at the at the, the adult rec league level either. Um, like that's competitive soccer. Oh, the adult the adult leagues, the, the just the adult, out of like college The adult leagues. leagues in Ukiah are competitive. Real, they're, they're, it's high-level soccer. And uh, yeah. just a little shout-out to uh, some of the friends I used to work with. Um, one of the more successful... Of all time. I don't even know what their name was, but they were based out of Boonville. Mm -hmm. And they played in the Ukiah League. Yep. And they it, it was a team that the um, mister, I'm going to call him, because he was the father of a bunch of players, uh, you know, Domingo's family, the Ferreras, Omar's family, yep. the Ferreras. Yep. Um, Omar's father, Domingo's um, uncle, he put together a team. And he consistently won the Ukiah League, and as you said, that was high-level soccer. Yeah, it was great. And, and you know, not, now that we're down this rabbit hole and we've only got about eight minutes left on the show, give us a call, though, 707-895-2448 if you want to talk about sports. we got about eight minutes left on the sports phone here. I just wanted to say also, Jim, how fun was it when – this was when I was young, too. This was when I was probably like eight, nine, ten years old. How fun was it to go to those Anderson Valley playoff games? Oh. Like when they would get to the quarterfinals or the semifinals and they got to host and Branson would come up and play them and Marin Academy. Yeah, yeah. It, those games were so much fun to go to and, and then and 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 any, another public school you got to add in that conversation calistoga would be right in there yeah well yeah calistoga was that was one just because of where they were located oh yeah when i was younger we didn't go to any calistoga games oh, but i'm sure true. the same thing was yeah. happening out there right it, it was yeah, so much fun. it's, it's always so been fun. high level and you know it, it is a major sport in mexico and there's a lot of mexican people have moved to anderson valley calistoga um and um, soccer has reflected the success of soccer in Mendocino County. Um, I think that has a lot to do with it. Yeah. No, absolutely. But when it's all said and done, the U.S. still aren't going to be good in the World Cup. That's how I'll wrap up that conversation. And the women are going to win it, right? And the women are going to dominate it every year. 
That's interesting. Oh, it's brutal. 707-895-2448. Give us a ring if you want to talk about sports. Um, Jim, we got about six minutes left. You want to have a quick conversation about losing streaks, winning streaks and losing streaks? We can start it, but if, if it's as much fun as I think it might be, um, I want to bring it up again next week. So here's the question I'll ask to, to get it started, and I kind of primed it a little bit, but if if a basket, well, let's just use basketball as an example here. If you've got a basketball team that's on a 20-game winning streak and you've got a different team that's on a 20-game losing streak, who are you more invested in watching and keeping track of? I, I admit that uh, I'm actually going to throw that back out you. I, I think it depends for me on what the team is. There's no team I like on a better winning streak than the Lakers. I love it when the Lakers go on a run and they win 15, 16 in a row. That's the most exciting for me. But besides the Lakers winning streak in pro basketball, my second favorite thing would be a Golden State losing streak. Because I like, I love watching the Golden State Warriors play, but I love watching them lose. So I, I get excited when they go on a losing streak, which I think they might be on right now, aren't they? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I legitimately don't know. I know they lost by quite a bit tonight. They were down by 50 in the third quarter. But So for you, <laughs> it's, gotta call, so for you, gotta it's call. not as general <laughs> as I like winning streaks over losing streaks or the other way around. For it's, you, it's a, who is involved is important. You're on the air with the sports phone. Yeah, I have a question. Uh, you know, as I've noticed in some sports like marathon, where the women's times are getting a lot closer, way closer to the men's than they used to be, what happens when the women's world champion soccer teams play the men that aren't even qualifying for the World Club? What is the relative abilities of those teams? I really don't know. Uh, I so I can give – I know Jim has some very strong opinions about this. Um, Jim, actually, I'll let you go ahead. No, no. I, I, he's talking soccer. You're going to have to take this. I'll talk about basketball. Well, that's the that's kind of the thing, callers. Is it, in general, I, I make the – this is the equivalent argument, in my opinion, to could a college team beat a professional team. Uh-oh. And, and I, I think ultimately it's not close. I, I think – you could throw out the, reserve, the the full reserve team for the U.S. men's soccer, and I don't think it's it's a. I, I think they convincingly beat the best team the women can throw out there for the for the same reasons that a professional team beats a college team is they're just they're better athletes and and I think they're more talented. I have it's one of those matchups that's never going to happen, so we're never going to be able to prove it. But I, I say with confidence, I don't think that game is close if they play each other. And now, before you comment, caller, because I, I want to see how, how you take this after we're done with you. Um, I, I don't believe... So, Jim, I'm a just big, a couple of minutes, so keep an eye on the clock here. Oh, yeah, a couple of minutes. I, I'm a big supporter of women's sports. I've been fighting for Title IX since the, since the 70s. I, I look back at high school and say, how come girls didn't play sports? This is ridiculous. So I've been supporting... I just don't like watching female sports but i i need them playing sports there's no way the human bodies are so different physiologically you cannot expect speed and strength are what make quickness strength is what makes speed strength is what it, the the body sizes the it's not even a fair comparison 
I, I don't think they can uh, a, a men's team. Any men's team would beat any women's um, um, easily beat any women's uh, World Cup team, in my opinion. The the, the the men's teams, and, and uh, as Jerry says, maybe the reserves. We only have uh, one minute. What do you think about those answers? Well, a little depressing. I mean, I remember when my little sister was the fastest runner in her high school. You know, and so there are exceptions, I guess. But uh, it seems like when you look at strength training and a quickness that in the leg department, women are closer to men than they are in the arm department, which is why I thought that maybe soccer would be an example of somewhere where they would be closer. We got to cut it off. Thank, thank you for that. You might be right. Um, I don't think he's right. <laughs> it's all just totally on. I, I, I just don't. I, 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 we got to go. Just, we got to go. Call in next week and bring this up again. This is a. This is one we should start with, not end with. Yeah, I'd love it. I'd love to have a longer conversation about this. Go ahead, Jer. Yeah, let's uh, let's wrap it up. Um, that's going to do it for the sports phone. We're going to be back uh, Friday, Friday, April 9th, one week from today. Uh, thanks for everyone that called in and listened to the show. It's always a pleasure. And uh, Jim, with that, let's wrap it up and we'll talk to everybody next week. This has been a production of KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Willetson Dukaya 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. You can check out our website at kzyx.org to find more content like this and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thanks for listening.